1: Late lunch with Blackstone Motors Opal, Doherty to Dock and Cabin. Discover the all-new Opal Astra
2: with its bold design, stylish looks, low running costs, and innovative technology. Get ready to go further with the new generation Astra. Visit BlackstoneMotors.ie.
1: It was once dinner time at this time across the land. Perhaps most people are having their lunch today at this time. And if you are eating and listening to us or in a place where you've been served food or at home, you know, as well, um, do you not eat if there's somebody with you until everybody has their food in front of them? Uh, Never speak with your mouth full. Knife and fork held correctly and in the right hands. Have you your napkin on your lap? Yes, etiquette, table manners. Is it still a thing with you today or is it consigned to the dustbin of history? Well, my first guest today believes it's not and it's still relevant. Therese mccullough Amelia from the Etiquette Academy of Ireland. Hello and welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. You are actually, this astounded me, you are proactively involved with TY students across the country. Uh, you know, you go and visit schools and talk about this and discuss it with uh, young people. How are you received?
0: Actually, you'd be surprised to hear it very well. Um, they, I, um, I start off, I give them a little questionnaire, you know, about... Table manners, and then I do a quiz. And after that, then I hand them cutlery and I ask them, each one in a small group, I will ask them to set a table maybe for a four course meal, telling them, of course, what the main course is. And then some of them will get to do three courses, some will have soup, others won't. And just to see, you know, how it all goes. Now they have such fun because, you know, many don't know which spoon is which, where they go and I also throw in a pastry fork to kind of really confuse the whole thing. (laughs) But they love it, you know, and they say to me, that's really nice now, I'm glad that we learned that today. So that's surprising because I see from a survey that um, the 18 to 25 year olds think it's all old hat.
1: Yes, and that has come out and that's why we are talking to you today. Uh, It it seems that they disregard this entirely, and that it's from an era long past. But that's interesting to hear what you have to say, the reception you're receiving and the interest that there is in it. But look, let's talk uh, uh, Turkey here for a moment. Um, I have to be honest with you, Therese, and say that in my house, bar say Sunday when we would all sit down together and it's still a tradition of I have Sunday dinner and my family c- uh, come around. We all sit round the table and we talk on the Sunday. But any other time, well, there's less of us in the house then, with well, the tray people, you know, the tray people who take yes. the, <laughs> the food and sit in front of the telly. or oh, trays. you know, has, is, is this why it has declined? What's the reason? Oh,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. The whole thing has changed. Like, people are very busy now. So the sitting down around the table it doesn't happen in most households. What happens is people are eating on the hoof almost. They're out, you know, rushing here, rushing there, eating in the car or whatever. So actually to sit down as a family or as a group and have dinner is something very unusual almost. But what is nice to hear though, and, you know, I've been talking to people over a while, that some slightly older people, not older as in slightly (coughs) in the age group of the 25 to 40s, that they have considered, you know, having friends around and thinking it's rather nice to actually set the table because they feel, you know, oh gosh, the table looks really nice and it looks so well. And also then their guests feel, you know, they went to this trouble for us. We must mean something to them.
1: Yes. And so then the other thing is, Therese... You know, today, so many people pick up the phone and order food. My God, we're bombarded oh, yeah. with the ads on television, radio, absolutely. all over the place. You hear them yourselves all the time. I it's do. been yes. rammed down our throats. So when that type of food, in a way, arrives in trays or, you know what I mean, mm. wrapped to burgers and, and, and yes, and, and it's really then all consumed with the hands. You, you know, it's yes. it's not uh, conducive absolutely. to yeah. what we're talking about, is it?
0: No, But it's interesting because, you know, when I've been in schools, sometimes the children will ask, me, or the young students will ask me, Miss, is this a tray or a table I have to set? (laughs) Interesting.
1: (laughs) I love it. <laughs> it just shows you, doesn't it? But um, the, the the world is moved away. But I have to say, there is um, you know, it's a throwback. But there is a lot of merit in the old way, isn't there? There really is nice.
0: Yes. Well, there's there was always a practicality about it. You know, if you sat down in a restaurant or even at a wedding, it's like one young student told me. This this is never going to be happening for me. And I looked at him and I said, my goodness, you're going to have a very sad life. No one's even going to invite you to a wedding. And then he kind of went, oh, right. I didn't think of that. Mm. Anyway, to sit down and see all this cutlery and go, oh, my goodness, what is this all for? Where it's nicer to actually know, you know, what these items and what their what their purpose on the table
1: is. Mm. You, you've uh, been quoted as uh, mentioning a holiday you were on recently in Greece, yes. and you mm-hmm. did notice one nationality who are very good about this about etiquette at, etiquette at the table. Oh, yes. Yeah,
0: the French. The French, French are. Yeah, yeah, they are. They still, you know, stick to the old way. And it, uh, actually, um, etiquette came about by the French many many moons ago. So it's very interesting that it's still, you know, practised. And also, they were the ones that you would notice in the dining room the most, mm. were, the, were the French.
3: Yes.
1: Now, they just adhered to their old rules. Isn't that interesting? And I thought, well, the British, you know, the stiff upper lip that they might have been, but obviously not. And you mm-hmm. you, 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 would say that, you know, it's a thing that possibly, it came from Britain, that, did it, this etiquette thing, this this table manners, all this formality. No, no, it no. started off in France. Oh, so that's what you're it's saying French. at the it's French. The, it, this came from yeah. France, not Britain, there you yeah. are.
0: No, no, but people are of the opinion that it, it started in um, yes. England. No, 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 it actually started in French, France many, many, many years ago. And then, mm. the, you know, I mean, the Victorians were, were great at all pomp and ceremony, so they, you know, would be always, well, they eat an awful lot anyway, they always had, Five or ten course, five to ten courses yeah. for a meal and all of that. But I don't know I I just think that it's it's so nice. But there's another reason, Jerry, that I do it. Some large companies that come to Ireland as part of their interview actually take you out for to a restaurant for a meal, and they're watching to see you know does this person know what which piece of cutlery they should be using at what time. So. One case that happened over three years ago—I won't mention the company—but mm. it was a male was taken out to the restaurant, and he salted his dinner before he tried it. <laughs> now you think, oh, that's a very trivial thing, but that told them an awful lot about him—that he was a person that was stuck in his ways. Yes, he would find change very difficult. Okay. For so me, to say he didn't get the position
1: isn't that interesting so you know the way they tell you your social media presence if if you're taken into the modern world people and companies and recruiters are watching and they can tell a lot about you but here's another aspect of it as well that is really really interesting so it can be the difference between a yay or nay uh, when you're looking for employment that is really interesting and of course my producer Louise just had to tell me "jerry etiquette is a French word come on duh (laughs) it is a French word of course but there you go But, but you give me Credit. Yeah, it is in our minds that it is a British thing. But here's, the other, here's the other thing, Therese. Today, yes. you know, the mobile phone <laughs> and the table. Oh. Where do you stand on that one? Oh,
0: absolutely. It drives me insane. If I go to a really nice restaurant and there's some looper at a table <laughs> who calls from me on his phone, you know, <laughs> telling us all his business, I'm thinking, get a life. What is wrong with you? Put away your phone. You couldn't be that important.
3: Yeah.
1: It's a it's yeah. a, it's a devil of a distraction and it's oh, ignorant. Absolutely. I think it is so ignorant in the company Of anybody at your table that you would take a phone call or be on social media. And hey, what about this one, Therese? You know when the meal comes up, you talk about everybody being served and not eating till we all start. You know the people who have to take the photos and send them all across social media. What about those folk?
0: Oh, they're the wannabes. And I absolutely, it drives me insane that people would say, hold on a moment, don't touch anything. I want to take a photograph. Yes. I'm thinking... Sad. Very sad.
1: And the other thing, of course, that's not acceptable, you can't anyway. You're not allowed to smoke in a restaurant here now if you want to. You have to go out to a designated area. What about vapours?
0: I feel the same. After all, it's what replaced the smoking. Mm. And um, therefore, it shouldn't be at the table.
1: And would you allow, I'm just trying to f- establish now, things that might be goers, with which, you, right, the pizza, you have to pick it up and eat it. I understand that as well. What about the bowls of nuts and crisps where all the hands are going in left, right oh, and yeah, centre? Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, that's definitely a no-no now with COVID. Yeah, um, true. We have to be extremely careful.
3: Mm.
0: And also even with a communal dish, I'd say passing it around, you need to use some one of your implements to remove whatever <laughs> <laughs> on the basket. You don't need, you know, to for everyone to be touching what's in the basket or whatever. No, and the nuts and crisps. And I'm really surprised. Like you, you still see, um, like pubs or whatever, still putting them out on the the tables. Mm. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness. Where you know, I know it would be much more expensive, or whatever. But in the COVID things, it would be far better if they just do little portions for everybody. Yes, like
1: at, yeah. at the table. And that's a good suggestion. So, what's the worst uh, uh, mistake you can make? What's the absolute no-no for Therese McCullumilia, Me- who teaches this? What do you say is the number one no-no?
0: Somebody eating their dinner with a knife.
1: Okay. That's just no go altogether. What about me? I have to put my hands up. I'm a devil for talking with my mouth full, (laughs) (laughs)
0: Trace. That is another no no. Because what happens is when you're speaking, Little pieces of your food is popping out of your mouth without your real
1: life. <laughs> great. It's my biggest fault. I'm going to work on it. I promise you today, I make you this promise that I'm going yes. to work on that for sure. What about leaning, leaning over the table to get sauce oh. or uh, salt or pepper or that rather than asking somebody to pass it over to you?
0: No, you should really ask. And funnily enough, the real rule about if you ask somebody for salt, they should pass you the salt and the pepper together. Oh, both. Hmm.
3: There you hmm. go.
1: What about, you know, when you want to use the bathroom or if you had to go and take an urgent phone call or you wanted to do a vape or whatever. Is it important to excuse yourself?
0: Oh, absolutely. The important phone call is your phone would, of course, be on. So when you sit down, you need to explain to the rest of the guests at the table that you're expecting a very important phone call and you're, you, know, you will have to excuse yourself from the table.
1: And you know the person who rocks in the chair. You know those types. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Therese. It's not, not for rocking. Rocking chairs are for rocking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm and distressing I you. I, I didn't mean to distress no, you today, but no, I'm no, I'm raising no. these things that you're probably yes. there in horror, uh, as no. I mentioned. <laughs> I'm just thinking
0: I'd never been to a restaurant, yet where the wire was, was served. Um, at a table that are rocking chairs so we've yet to see that
1: <laughs> yes Yeah. well listen let's hope it's a while before we do for sure uh, you can be uh, checked out the Etiquette Academy of Ireland you're online
0: yes um, I'm what my um, email address is mannersmatter.ie oh and lovely and I'm on Facebook uh, as um, Good Manners opens doors that's also our um, what do you call it our Email. Great stuff. The manners at gmail.com.
1: Lovely. I love that. Mannersmatter.ie. That's a classic. It really is. And it just sums up. Continue do what you're doing. It's uh, well worthwhile and it's something that we should always have with us, no matter what comes or goes. Thank you for joining me on the show today, Therese. You're very
0: welcome, Jerry. Lovely to talk to you. You
1: too. Take care of yourself. That's Therese McCullough, Amelia there from the Etiquette Academy of Ireland. Table manners, what annoys you most at the table? I'd love to hear from you today on the show. You heard Therese talking about it a few moments ago. What annoys you most at the table? Let us know. 086 1800 658 by WhatsApp or text. I have a lovely gift to give to one of you today. All you have to do is tell me which TV show this is the theme from. Yes, the name of the TV show that theme is from Please to 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text and we'll pick somebody for it for, uh, before the end of the show. Coming up on Late Lunch after two, Mihal Hulhan is with us. He is a forensic cleaning expert, but taking us up to top of the hour, it's filling it. We played Phil Linnet there just before two o'clock and I want to draw your attention to a fantastic gig that's coming up tomorrow night. Yes, Paddy Goodwin and the Holy Ghost are back with a tribute to Henry, the late great Henry McCullough. The venue McHugh's on the Cod Road tomorrow. If you're there from around nine o'clock, it'll all begin. A raft of wonderful special guests as well. And Paddy tells me he will be playing that song tomorrow night and many more besides... Everybody welcome and if you want to enjoy a real night of true rock and roll, get along to the venue at McHugh's tomorrow night round about nine and experience what is simply brilliant. Paddy Goodwin and the Holy Ghost and all those guests. Now your table manners etiquette we've been talking about on late lunch. People who fill their mouth with liquid before swallowing their food. Says Anne, I'm just picturing it. Hi, Jerry. Says another listener. What about those who continually blow their nose at the table? I find it absolutely disgusting. So would I. I'd leave the restaurant, to be honest with you. If I were you, if that were the case. Yes, especially since COVID came in as well. If you cough or splutter, everybody's looking at you. What annoys you most about? Uh, table table manners we're talking about a uh, bad table manners let us know 086 1800 658 by whatsapp or text now, my next guest is a man who, during COVID times, ironically, his business boomed, I'd say. But he's going to tell me anyway. He's a brilliant guy because he's a part of a two-team uh, uh, set up in his company who are known as Forensic Cleaning Services Ireland. I've met him before on Late launch and I'm delighted to welcome back, him uh, back to the show today. Michal Holohan, lovely to talk to you again. Hello, Jerry. Thanks for joining me on the show. Am I right in saying that you know the way you know? In every crisis, there's a boon for certain people. I take it you were busy.
4: We were. We we're busy flat out. And we didn't f- stop at all.
1: For what reason? Why were you particularly in demand? What were you dealing with during COVID times?
4: Um, I suppose a lot of COVID cases, like we were doing anything from houses to, you know, cell cleaning everything. Just it was just sanitising and cleaning.
1: And has that continued? You know, since the 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 COVID outbreak began, are you seeing it busy? Because we're seeing that cases are up at this time yeah, all round.
4: Not as busy as it was. Right,
1: yeah. Uh, so there's a little bit of a fall off in business yeah, at this stage. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I had, I have, to, I have to tell listeners that I used your services in the past, as you know, and you were an absolute saviour to me. But I want to come back to that in particular, dealing with fire or smoke damage as well on a property. Isn't it a huge thing for the victim of it to deal with, Mihal? Oh,
4: uh, absolutely. They're the people that sometimes people forget about. You know, when you have a fire, you could have a you could have kids in school, your whole life is turned upside down, you might have to leave your house for a certain amount of time, you know? Mm. So uh, not, not only that, like there might, some people might lose a, a picture or an ornament or something sentimental that they can never get back. Mm. So you have that side of it as well.
1: So the emotional side, the trauma side of victims is something that you experience obviously through your work, but it wouldn't be something that would be apparent to those on the periphery?
4: No, it wouldn't. It's something you don't think about. Just thinking, you're having a fire and your house will get you know, put back to the way it was, you know, and all that. But you don't think of... It turns your life, life upside down,
3: you know? Mm.
1: And and you know when you're involved with people and that, uh, you do your job brilliantly, as I as I said, I have experienced myself. But that reassurance to say to people, listen, we can put things right. Because, Michal, that is a fact, isn't it? You get in there, you guys, and when you do and work your magic it can be restored to what it was previously and better even.
4: Absolutely, yeah.
1: That's, and, and that's probably people say to you, it'll never be the same again. Do you hear that?
4: Yeah, um, sometimes you, you hear that, but not, not too often. Mm. I think people are delighted when you get in and you start working to see the progress yes. as you go along, you know.
1: Yeah, and, and fire and smoke is one thing. What about water and water damage? Sure, it's, it's as bad nearly, isn't it? You see cases where it absolutely destroys places
4: oh end yeah, walls are ripped up, the thunder you know because water gets behind everything you know it goes and runs down rafters like it, it soaking into the floors furniture everything
1: mm. i was looking at what you do and and you do a range of course of things the fire and smoke water and flood you deal with crime scenes you were mentioned COVID is where as well what's decomposition restoration
4: yeah it's, it's, where, it's where it's where someone dies and they're they're there for a long time. Mm. So they're they're quite hard to do as well. Depends how long they're there.
1: Yes. So I'm thinking of the couple that died in that house down in Tipperary, and were there for what I think eighteen months at least. Scenes yes. like that, you 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 can be called to places like that and, and incidents like that.
4: I've never I've never had to do one for that was that long. Yes. Maybe I think the worst we done was up in six months.
1: Okay. It's still a long time, isn't it? When it comes, yes, yes
4: very very long
1: to a body. Yeah. Uh, that's something I, I wanted to ask you about yourself and uh, your colleagues and your own personal safety and care. Obviously, that's something that you really do have to pay attention to, Mihal.
4: Oh, absolutely. Cause you're coming home to your family as well and you want to protect everyone, you know. Mm. So you wear your full PPE and you sanitise before you start, you know, to make it easier for you to do the job and to be safe as well.
3: Mm.
1: Is wheels disease a common thing?
4: And um, sometimes, sometimes we come across it, you know, not, not often.
1: Mm. This is the, the the disease of the pee of the rat, and that, and that somebody up, yeah. can get. That's another aspect. You really got to be careful, haven't you, when you're moving in, in in situations like that?
4: Oh, absolutely, yeah. That's why you you always try to sanitize everything so well and clean it thoroughly. Mm.
1: I think of a man called Mr Trevis who was on the television many moons ago on the BBC he became famous he was a hoarder he filled his house up and he couldn't get into it nearly with all the stuff and uh, people like yourselves came and cleared it away and be God within 18 months he nearly had it full again is hoarding a big issue or something you come across?
4: Absolutely we do a, we do a lot of that we do
1: and and would it be Is is it, do you see with people is it some? Is a psychological problem with people or, or what's the story or
3: yeah.
4: Some is, and some is like you have to understand them as well it's it's very sad like some sometimes the people as well they might have lost a loved one or maybe lost two people in a short period, and you know supposed to just let things go, and they need a bit of help, you know.
1: Yeah, so uh, it it is a situation that you come across and uh, uh, has to be dealt with as well. I can only imagine uh, when you come across a house that's packed to the rafters what you actually uh, m- might find. Are there jobs, you know, for your company, Michal, that uh, maybe others wouldn't touch and uh, and you do?
4: Um, like some of the hoarding ones, the jobs that we've done have been fairly bad. Like there was one before in Dublin, I won't say where, but um, no one had gone near it, and we were recommended. And I, I had to get into a window to get it, to get into the house. I couldn't get in the front door. Mm. But uh, when I came back out, and um, the lady was there, and I said, "Yeah, we do it." She couldn't believe that I said, "We do it." You know? Yes. Yeah. We done. We done us anyway. So yeah,
1: good happy on at
4: you at the end
1: of it. Good on you to, to take it on and get it clear. So there's no end between all you do there. The, the business is good, and 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 you're really flying along there.
4: Yeah, we're going well. Mm. You, you you get back what you put into it. That's yeah. What I,
1: yeah, and, and you guys, I have to say, do put an awful lot into it. I just wanted to say hello to you this afternoon and, and wish you well going forward and uh, cover a few aspects of what you do. Thank you for joining
4: me, Michal. Yeah thank you very
1: much, Terry. Not at all. Take care of yourself. That's Micheál Holhan there from Forensic Cleaning Services Ireland and they can be contacted. Just check them out there uh, on the web. All the numbers are there. The fantastic guys. I do say I had experience with uh, Michal myself in the past and he was simply brilliant uh, what he did and the wonderful, wonderful people and of course they're based here in the Northeast, in the Ratoth area of County Meath. Late lunch LMFM Radio. Welcome to the show. If you're just joining us this afternoon, it's time for your comedy on Friday and this guy is really really funny I don't know whether you've ever come across him in the past he's from the United States of America but he tours a lot in this neck of the woods he's been to Ireland and Britain as well and uh, at the Apollo yeah if you've watched the Apollo on television you will have seen him he's a real deadpan comedian his name is Rich Hall and here he is having a tilt at his homeland and the bearing of arms.
5: You know, people ask me all the time now. So, Rich, does everyone in America own an assault rifle? Is it mandatory? Uh, no. <laughs> then why? I don't know. Because Americans have guns. Well, why can't they get rid of them? Well, that'd be like trying to stop obesity by getting rid of spoons, all right? <laughs> it's not going to happen because Americans have guns and we're not getting rid of them because there's always some guy in a camouflage outfit with an AR 15 going, uh the Second Amendment says I have the right to carry. That was written 220 years ago, you pick. <laughs> I, I don't think they foresaw you were going to own an AR-15 with a laser sight on the top and a 200 magazine clip. I think they were thinking of muskets. <laughs> That's why they pulled a quill out of a duck's back and dipped it in ink and wrote it into law. I was, reading a, I was reading a cover of a magazine in America because they have all these gun magazines and there's one called Guns and Ammo. This is, the, this is the headline of the article. I didn't even read the article, this is just the headline. Which is better for capturing a mallard, Kalishnikov or Browning? <laughs> How about a piece of bread? <laughs> the state of Iowa has just passed a law, it's now okay to get a hunting license in iowa if you're blind (laughs) If you're blind i'm pretty sure that bill was introduced by deer and pheasants (laughs) so the government you know they have every opportunity to pass a gun loan but they never do they never do well uh, it's gonna happen again don't worry well what if it happens it's gonna happen well we need to pass a law nope We're not going to pass a law because of the National Rifle Association, that's the the gun lobby, and they just say, well, you know, it's not our problem. People go a bit nutty. You can't regulate nutty. (laughs) Well, what about if some guy gets tooled up because he just watched a Batman film, and then he goes off to a cinema and shoots other people dressed as Batman characters? You don't think that has something to do with violence on television? No. People know the difference between what they see on television and real life. Oh, yeah? Then how come there's advertising? <laughs> you people will go out and buy insurance because a meerkat told you to do it. <laughs> and you're pretty normal people. <laughs> Americans get a bit fooled up. Then they go out and imitate other behavior. And then, well, there it is, it happened again, right? So the NRA has an answer. Someone says, just asks them point blank all the time. So, uh, you know, what are you going to do about shootings in schools? This is the NRA's actual answer. This is their solution. Well, let's arm the teachers. Yeah, that makes sense. Most of us know teachers who can't even pass by a whiteboard without getting covered in ink. They're gonna give them a gun. Let me stand in the classroom going, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? Last week they gave me blunt scissors. I think they've got a gun. Because there are teachers in this room, ladies and gentlemen, who know full well, if you had a loaded pistol in the classroom, I'm not saying you'd fire it, but you'd probably wave it around a bit, wouldn't you? (laughs) Timmy, I told you to sit down!
1: Yeah, simply brilliant, Mr. Rich Hall. Wonderful, wonderful comedian from the States having a ping there at uh, gun law in his homeland and how right he is, how ro- ironic it is to listen to those words and jest there. But the serious side of it is the killings go on in the States and even since you heard about the last horrific one at that school, just check out the number of people who've died because of uh, guns In the United States, Uh, people taking their lives, gun shootings, mass shootings, three, four, five people dying gets no headlines now anymore. It beggars belief, doesn't it? It really does beggar belief that uh, they won't tackle it. Anyway... That's the story, uh, the far side of the Atlantic here in little old Ireland on LMF from Radio's Late Lunch, still to come on the show today. Sh- sh- I'm back in uh, uh, with uh, Chef Tara Walker, who is rustling up another summer salad for us shortly. We have Burke's Banter, David Sheehan on sport, and more from Cat Stevens all to come. All we need is you. Go nowhere. Sinead Burke is a brilliant observer of life and from time to time she brings us her observations here on Late Lunch. And she's back with us today because you see, like myself, she got you know what.
6: Do you remember that really bad bit of snow we had in December 2010? I wouldn't judge you if you don't. The beast from the east has since overshadowed many of the other once-in-a-lifetime weather events we have had in recent years. But as God is my witness, I will never forget it. Thanks to local needs and where the granny site was, we had just built our house in the dip between two hills. Grand and quiet most of the time, but any bit of snow, and it would be easier popping into downtown Brigadoon than accessing our house. I spent 11 days straight at home with the kids, both of them under two years of age. On one of the 11 days, I made a game of taking down all the Christmas decorations, just so we would put them back up again. I'm not making light of what the man went through, but by day five, I was really starting to identify with Brian Keenan. On day, I honestly don't know, I sank to what I thought must be the lowest point of my life. While the baby was crawling around with her nappy off, she peed on the floor. I'm not saying that to embarrass her, she was eight months old, so it's not fair to judge her. Seconds later, her older brother came barrelling into the room in an urgent way only toddlers and drunks can manage, his head about two feet in front of the rest of his body. He slipped on the pee, then fell over his sister. Both offspring are now sprawled on the ground, covered in wee and screaming. There was nothing I could do except join them on the floor and cry too. It was eight o'clock in the morning and that day did not improve. In the years since, I've always consoled myself with the knowledge that because I got over that day, a part of me was now invincible. No matter how bad a particular day is going, I wasn't crying on the floor while covered in someone else's pee because that was as bad as it could get. Well, you may put a mark on the wall because I have topped that day. The feckin' COVID got me. Me. Me who has previously nursed various members of my family through this despicable dose, while remaining personally unmolested by a second line on the test. Me, who was modestly wondering if I should contact Luke O'Neill directly to identify myself as the girl who couldn't be got. The woman who obviously had some class of superhuman immunity, warranting the attention and awe of immunologists, infectious disease experts and chat show hosts worldwide. I could just picture the night out in Montrose. Ryan would look at me, in the wonder and respect he usually only reserves for Paul McCartney or any one of the Kennedys. He'd lean in and say in a careful and earnest tone, Schneid, the world wants to know, what do you think it was that protected you from catching it? And I, sitting back in the chair, taking a minute before answering, would reply, Well, Ryan... Let me bring you back to the bad snow of 2010. But now I'm not going up for the night out in Dublin. I won't be chatting to Kelly Harrington in the green room. And Neffid won't be getting the band back together to come over and have a chat with me. I am wrecked with this yoke. And in a cruel twist of fate, my own Covid adventure has synced with yet another flippin' once-in-a-lifetime weather event. You don't know misery until you've experienced cold sweats in 30 degrees of heat. Oh, and did I tell you? We've no water, because we built between two hills in the middle of nowhere and have a temperamental well. Oh, to be back on that pea-soaked floor. At least it wasn't as hot.
1: Sinead, I don't mean to laugh. I've been through it myself. I know what you're talking about. Simply brilliant. What a fantastic analogy. And I say thank you again to Sinead Burke for her brilliant observations on life. (laughs) Louise, AIB have their tail between their legs anyway. Power yeah, the it's people. great news, isn't it? Yes, it is great news.
7: Who, so many elderly people and people in rural communities. Yes. Oh, it's ridiculous.
1: Who the hell do they think they are? We own them. We own you, AIB. We just want to tell you that and remind you of it. Today. I'd say Michal had a, fuck a in Linda Lewis. But look come on, we have to accommodate everybody, you know, in a cashless society. What are you laughing at?
7: I'm just glad you just added the clues. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> of course I did. What annoys you most about table etiquette or manners?
7: Uh, I, uh, people coughing over their food. mm
1: yeah, there you are. Somebody mm, else there was on about the sneeze in the common. Another one there. I just can't stand it when people speak with their mouth full. Well, you wouldn't be eating with me.
7: Mm-hmm. I, 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 know your worst table nightmare. I'd say. Go on. Somebody reaching over and robbing a chip from your plate.
1: I just put the fork <laughs> straight through the back of their hand. There'd be blood oh, I everywhere. It. I, I, it's you're right. Thank. Well, I, I don't know about to thank you for reminding or me.
7: Anything from your plate.
1: I can't just... No, that thing of putting your hand over and... Especially people do it with chips. (laughs) Taking a chip from your plate. I'll put the fork right through the back Mm. of your hand and hopefully it comes through the other side. Don't ever touch a chip on my plate. So
7: you wouldn't be one of those people then that would be at a table at a restaurant and go, okay, well, you order the chips and I'll order the rice and you order the sauteed potatoes and we'll all (laughs) share.
1: No, <laughs> I do not want to be part of that arrangement on a night out or a table or anything. I don't want those shared platters or anything. I just want my own. If you Sit want... in the corner over there,
7: Jerry, I just want my
1: own. And if I want my mushrooms or I want my this, that, they are M-I-N-E. You get Y-O-U-R-S. <laughs> now, listen, if I felt a little bit sorry for you, I can take my... F- Get another fork and I'll put a few chips onto your plate. Don't ever come near my plate. (laughs) Don't you ever come near my plate. Or I'll hunt you down. (laughs) I will find I'll find you. Did that
7: woman there say something about somebody adding salt before they eat? Yes. A, yes. A no no.
1: Yeah, no no. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Test and doing the salt test before you no no. Don't oh, do I'd that. fail that she completely. Like
7: that. <laughs> well, I'd cover mine with salt and <laughs> tomato ketchup. Well right? your
1: middle name is Saxa. You love salt <laughs> that much.
7: <laughs> I think I'm a i am think I am. Um, Think everybody else's food tastes the same as mine, so I'll just cover it in salt <laughs> and ketchup before oh my I God. taste
3: it. <laughs> Talk
1: about blood pressure going through the roof with too much salt. It's the first thing they tell you: don't be taking the salt for the old uh, the old system. But there you go. Anyway, thank you. There's more there for people coming about their Phob- phobias as regards people at the table with them, what they should or shouldn't do. We'll come back to it. I promise you. Anyway, we are heading uh, shortly to join Chef Tara Walker, who rustles up another summer salad. But on the way there, and taking us there. It's the wonderful planet. and in a lifetime, don't you ever touch my chips? In a lifetime, that's all I'm saying to you, because I'd you love live
7: to go out <laughs> for a meal with you and
1: take a chip from you your plate. You live to regret it, and that that includes bags of chips. If we're even getting a bag of chips, stick to bag your own crisps.
7: Even don't Jerry. P- absolutely Never mind the
1: chips. don't touch anything in my lifetime, in yours. I say hello again to chef Tara Walker because we're back for another episode in Summer Salads and today I really like the look of this it's a crunchy, spicy peanut
2: salad and look at the range of fresh vegetables and ingredients yeah so Jerry this is a great one for people who might want to you know just kind of eat a little bit more healthily day to day because you can make a big batch of this there's loads of nutrition in it loads of goodness but it will sit in the fridge happily for two to three days so you can go back and grab a little bowl of it for your lunch you're getting that little bit of a you know three o'clock slump grab a little bit of this it's a great one you know a lot of salads tend to kind of they don't really last more than a day or so and lots of them that are based on leaves you know you have to eat them there and then so this is a great one for that and we're starting with a peanut based dressing and this peanut butter I must give a little shout out is a gorgeous freshly pulverized peanut butter from a little shop in Drahada that I only discovered recently called my little jar so you bring your own jar Now, she will give you jars if you need jars and you can buy them. And there's a machine there that pulverizes the peanuts. So this peanut butter is brilliant because there's no other ingredients in it, nothing nasty. Try and avoid um, peanut butters that have palm oil in them. Some of the cheaper ones do, but this one has nothing in it. So it gives great flavor and it's obviously full of protein as well. So I'm starting with my peanut butter in the bottom of my food processor so I'm using a Nutribullet whatever food processor you have or you can use of course a little stick blender if you want or just do it in a pesto mortar although this is the quickest way to do it next up nutritional yeast not something I use that often you don't have to use it you can buy it usually I buy a big marigold one in the health food shop usually and this just gives a lovely savoury flavour so a lot of people who are uh, vegan will use this to give that savoury depth of flavour that you might be missing without the sort of the meat juices or Worcestershire sauce or things like that so next up with the peanut butter and the nutritional yeast I have a couple of cloves of garlic I have a shallot and I have a nice big thumb-sized piece of ginger then I have some um, apple cider vinegar next up then I have some sesame oil and some soy sauce and then I'm going to add a little bit of olive oil in and unlike a couple of weeks ago when we used a beautiful extra virgin olive oil we're using a bog standard one here because we don't want it to fight with the other flavors here so you can see we have a sort of it's like a thai sort of um, far eastern inspiration for the flavor so we don't want an extra virgin olive oil that kind of gives it um its own flavor so we just want to use the bog standard olive oil just to bind it all together So let's pop that in and then next up we have some dry chilli flakes. Always handy to have them in the store cupboard. Absolutely, I have them on my shelf here and I'm always grabbing them and it's not necessarily that I want something to be spicy but just gives a nice little balance to things.
1: God, there's a fantastic hit of ingredients in there already, isn't there?
2: There is and now to be fair, it is definitely, um, like there's quite a lot in it to be fair if you see the list. Um, you might be thinking there's an awful lot in that but actually since you can get two or three days out of this salad I think it's well worth doing and actually the dressing will last even longer so sometimes I make this salad but I don't actually use all of the dressing and then I have the dressing a few days later again Oh,
1: I was just waiting for this all year. <laughs> when, it, when it comes out, I know it's summertime. <laughs> Explain what I'm talking about to the listeners. Uh,
2: my Mexican elbow with a lemon in it. <laughs> so I love, I know everyone knows this, but I love um, a good squeeze of lemon just to elevate. Lemon or lime is lovely in here. And a nice squeeze from my Mexican elbow, which is such a handy way to do it. So I've everything in my bullet here. And just pop the lid on nice and tight. And let's give that a whiz up. Excuse the noise for a moment. Whiz it up a little bit longer than you might think. Because you want, you know, you want the dressing to be loose ish and smooth. Because otherwise it won't toss through the rest of your ingredients well. And then we're just going to have a little taste for seasoning here. And I tied it so tight. <laughs> I tightened it so tightly. Now I'm just going to have a little taste now. And check the balance of flavours. Now is the time to alter it before you go dressing the salad. So just dip a spoon in there. Mm. So it's quite sharp. I was obviously generous with the lemon and the vinegar. So I'm going to go and put another little bit of peanut butter in.
1: Peanut butter in there and another little whiz.
2: Yeah, I've put a tablespoon more of peanut butter in. So just have a taste. I want a nice kind of peanutty flavour to this. Now, there we go. You can see it's just a little bit thicker Uh, now.
1: And it's deeper in colour, isn't it, as well? Yeah,
2: and I didn't use my own measurements there. I just sort of free poured. So if you use my measurements, it will be just right.
1: I've just caught a whiff of that as you passed by. Oh, the dressing, it's beautiful, isn't it? It's lovely, it's Mm. really, really good.
2: Let's get assembling our salad. So I have almost like, you could almost call it a rainbow salad, and I do have a a recipe for a rainbow salad. There's loads of color, loads of freshness. So I'm starting with my red and my white cabbage, which I have just sliced down as finely as I can shredded it really with a knife. I didn't bother using a grater or anything else because I find them I find they go a bit watery and soggy so I just spent the time with my knife. Then I have some carrot sticks and again with my knife I did that. Then I have some cubed cucumber and then some diced red pepper and some diced yellow pepper. So you can see gorgeous big selection and this is why it's such a great one. I mean it is something to have for your meal obviously but it is a great one to have in the fridge and have leftovers for, you know, lunch al desco, as they say, or a quick little snack. When I started making this a few months ago, I was actually on crutches. <laughs> so it really suited me to be able to grab a little bowl of this throughout the day if I was hungry.
1: So you're just pouring the dressing over everything there. It's just a bowl of health there with all those vegetables.
2: Absolutely. And I'm just dressing it very generously. So again, I think if you want to eat healthily... When I say healthily, I'm using it in inverted commas because people have all different types of notions these days of what healthy is. But this is a big bowl of salad with loads and loads of veggies in there. But I think you need to get great flavor because you won't stick with it and you won't feel satisfied if you haven't, you know, gotten great flavor. You'll end up reaching for the crisps or the chocolate or something, you know, if you're not satiated.
1: I'm really looking forward to having a taste of this now because uh, I love satay anyway. You know, satay is and peanut is something I, I really do like. Yeah. Uh, but on a salad, this is new to me, I have to say. And I guarantee you, I'm going to try this at home for sure. Look at the rainbow of colours there.
2: Isn't it gorgeous? It's so nice. So let me get you a little bowl and a fork. Have a taste, Jerry. <laughs>
1: Thank you. Let's have a little taste of this. And uh, just to remind you again, what we have today in our salad series is crunchy... Spicy peanut salad. So here we go. Let's get a little bit of everything there just to make sure. Here we go. Winner, winner, chicken dinner.
2: (laughs) Um, So it's a great one. And obviously that is vegan as well for anyone who might be following uh, a vegan diet. It's not very spicy, even though I've called it. It's not spicy in terms of the chili. I only put a pinch of chili flakes. But what gives that kind of heat is the ginger and the shallot in the dressing.
1: Mm, Oh, it's simply superb. And as you say, when you rustle this up, might take a little time to do the dressing and shredding everything but it's in the fridge for a number of days
2: exactly and it's just a great one to grab a quick lunch a quick little snack mid afternoon and to keep the hunger at bay much better than grabbing a pack of crisps or you know a bar of chocolate or biscuits or whatever
1: (laughs) so true and again tara will you remind our listeners how they can follow you
2: Yes, so I'm on Instagram these days on Tara Walker Chef. So you will see lots of my recipes there. And of course, the recipes from this salad series are there as well. And um, just comment and share them or say hello to me if you want as well on there. And you can save them as well so that you can go, you know, on another day. Then maybe if you're doing your shopping or whatever, they're all saved there for you.
1: Fantastic. Another one in the can. See you soon and can't wait for the next salad.
2: Great to see you, Jerry. Enjoy
1: that is a cracking salad I can tell you folks it's a cracker check Tara out on Instagram <clears throat> it and more recipes are there uh, from the series on summer salads Louise doesn't uh, don't listeners at times mm. just surprise you and do your heart so blood? lovely yeah. uh, I'll tell you what I'm talking about, folks. I have this beautiful card with the most beautiful blue butterfly on the front. And I'll just read read it to you. It's just been dropped in in the last while here to the station while we're on air. Jerry, I could hear the emotion in your voice as you announced the breaking news last week. Hopefully this will ease your pain at the loss of your beloved mug. Ah, the Alaska mug with the moose on it is right. Love your show. Keep it up. This comes in from Evelyn in Dundalk and Louise. So sweet. Look at the mug, Evelyn. Ah, you've just really fantastic m- made my day, made my week. She got it
7: personalized and everything.
1: It's Jerry Kelly is on the mug, mm. and it says, i read it." I, can I read? I it? Love Will I read. Yeah, Louise love loves it. this. She loves this. I'm a radio presenter. To save time, we just assume that I'm always right. I
7: love that, <laughs> Evelyn. You know him so well because he's always right, even when he's wrong.
1: <laughs> Evelyn, you've just nailed it there, you have. And I'm going to keep and treasure this mug and mind it always and I'm going to use it straight away after the show to make myself a lovely cup of tea. Evelyn, I love you. Thanks a million. It's just a lovely, lovely... Lovely ev- gesture. Oh, my, oh, my. My heart is
7: You don't uplifted. have to go to Alaska now. <clears throat>
1: Uh, I'm going to edit that out of the podcast for sure. <laughs> none of that. None of that. Remember what the mug says. <laughs> when I'm wrong, I'm right. <laughs> Late lunch, FM Radio. After uh, the next break, we're off to the bog. The world is celebrating bogs and peatlands this weekend. We mentioned RD Bog yesterday. We're uh, moving elsewhere this afternoon. And I'm delighted to say hello again to Anya McHugh, who's a lecturer at DKIT. Hello, Anya. Hi Jerry. how are you? It's lovely to talk to you again. And you too. Where is Killicony Bog? Killicony Bog
8: part of it is in County Meath in the parish of Carnaross and the rest of it is in County Cavan in the parish of Mullagh um, and it's so it straddles both counties. So we're very lucky; we have we have a bit of it in two counties.
1: Well done in uh, pinpointing it for everybody there. Now you are part of this international celebration, and in particular tomorrow you have a big day on there. Tell us what's happening.
8: So between ourselves, which is the Killicunny Bog Project and St Killian's Heritage Centre, we are having a free event um, so that people can actually go to the Heritage Centre in Mullagh first, um, see the bog exhibition that's there, have some refreshments, then we're providing a shuttle bus down to the bog so people don't need to bring their car they can leave their car in Mullagh and they'll come down to the bog, and then they're going to meet um, several of our group, um, including Patsy Costello, who's an expert in the ancient tools that used to be used on the bog for for taking um, for saving the turf and cutting the turf. We've Jonathan Shackleton, who modestly would say he knows a bit about butterflies and moths, yes, and also Tom Bro um, is also would also know about uh, birds. And, um, Sinead Fox is into, w- would know about biodiversity and ecology. And, um, we've got, um, Nuala Madigan coming from the Irish People and Conservation Council. And Nuala's going to talk about, um, she's going to talk about the role of climate change and how important bogs are for capturing carbon. Yeah. Um, and, th- they're so vital for, for um, climate change. And as we can see this week with the weather being so hot, of course. Um, we need to keep, we need to preserve our bogs to keep that carbon um, within the bog. Oh, am um, yeah. yeah, I'm doing a mindfulness talk and walk along the old bog road um, to try and get people to think about how nature can help with your mental wellness. And uh, Jim Smith will be there as well. Jim was the person who highlighted the need to actually um, get Killicunny Bog protected as an SAC back in um 1997 and um so this is this is an a free event it's between our group been organized between our group Killacanny Bog and St Killian's Heritage Centre um so it's it's a a big community collaboration yes um we want people to make sure that they're wearing appropriate footwear because part of the bog has been rewetted, and we are going to bring people out onto part of the bog where it's safe to actually go out ordinarily we would never encourage people to go out because if you don't have a guide with you you're, you you could quite easily slip into a bog hole of course. But tomorrow we we have the area cordoned off where it's safe to look and safe to walk on um, and and um, like it's it's it can, there'll be tea as well down at the bog. Patrick Hostelow is determined now to, to give people tea tea down at the bog. Um, so um, it should be a good day for all the family. We'll have um, in some activities for children as well um, where they can um, um, engage in, in um, looking at um, looking at wildlife and also um, with some some uh, paper based activities for them to
1: engage in. Oh there's so much going on in Killarney Bog tomorrow. So it starts at eleven o'clock, but the best thing to do is to head to St. Killian's Heritage Centre for eleven or before eleven, and all the arrangements will be made from there, and people can go and enjoy it. As you say, they are wonderful resources. They're pretty unique to us here in Ireland, and tomorrow is a great day to be guided in the bog. by by so many brilliant people there, including yourself, uh, Anya. Thank you for joining me today. Delighted to highlight it and wish you well tomorrow.
8: Thank you very much, Jerry, And thanks for your, your continued support of our endeavours. To, to make it, it a, a place that people want to come and experience. So yeah.
1: thank you very much. Not at all. You're welcome on. You're nice to talk to you. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. And uh, there's lots happening. Check out your local bogs uh, because there's lots happening around the northeast and beyond. Uh, RD, it's happening on Sunday the 24th, the following day, 2 to 4 Carstone Bog if you want to go there on the Sunday. Late Lunch, LMFM Radio, my artist of the week. I have a classic from Cat Stevens and David is standing by to run the rule over the weekend in sport 086-1800-658 if you'd like to get in touch with us on the show we'll uh, rerun the uh, TV theme as well after three but news, weather and sport on the way but before all that it's UB40 I love this one
3: They say we're young and we don't know What?
1: Gary, I can't abide people who put their elbows on the table while eating their food. Mm, I'd say there's a lot of people do that for sure and uh, have the uh, knife and fork upside down. What bad manners, says a listener, and thank you to everybody who had their opinions on etiquette and bad table manners this afternoon. Louise, you have the uh, TV theme there, have you please, for us. uh, Well, before we play it, I have to say, it's not the 70s show. And it's not The Muppet Show. Let's have a listen.
3: Away. For another day. Let the music play. Dana Dana- Fraggle (laughs) Rock
1: well done you yes Fraggle Rock did you love it oh it was brilliant Fraggle Rock? it It was great it was great it really was and lots of people are remembering it today on Late Lunch too
7: Uber and the (laughs) Travelling Uncle wasn't there or something (laughs) like that yeah
1: Yeah. and a real chirpy song as Mm. well it just brings back memories and smiles all round Fiona McManus well done to you you're in County Mead today we're sending out our lovely gift from Late Lunch this afternoon just for you and thanks to everybody who got into touch with us with the answer to that one and we'll have another TV theme for you this time next week on the show tomorrow night what's <laughs> happening tell you're us you
7: actually starting to sound like the the show I'm
1: more into in th- <laughs> like the felon you are
7: you're talking about sending in the texts <laughs>
1: <laughs> who's going to win uh,
7: David and I can I still you're say you're staying with them are you yeah Yeah, Yeah,
1: we're in the final four long now. It finishes on the 1st of August, so about 10 days left. A lot can happen in 10 days as long as that Adam, Colton and Paige don't win it. I don't want them to win it. You know... I'd love to see Ekinso win it. I yeah, think yeah. Davide is a bit of a buy. I we'll, uh, hopefully he'll he'll he'll. No, sp- they're
7: not because Ekinso was a bit of a boy and you know, three two yes, of them are balanced tonight. There's out a pair in it. Yeah, there uh,
1: is a pair in it. There is. Anyway, the island rolls on. We'll keep you posted. Louise knows the Love Island stuff. She does. She says Davide and Ekinso is going to win. It. Anyway, they'll we- probably
7: come last now. They'll probably <laughs> be voted out tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't say
1: that. Don't say that, please. Anyway, watch this space. My artist of the week, yes, is Cat Stevens. And bringing a story up to recent times, shall they say, in 2017, he released his 15th studio album called The Laughing Apple. I love that name The Laughing Apple a name for a, for, for an album and it, he released it under the name of Yusuf Cat Stevens and it was nominated for a Grammy for the best folk album so you see he still has it all; he has it for sure in 2019 he performed in Christchurch New Zealand at a remembrance service for all those do you remember this who lost their lives at the mosque in the city following a mass shooting there he released Tea for the Tillerman 2 in September 2020 to coincide with the 50th anniversary of the original album. And just last year, he also re recorded a new version of the classic Peace Train with 25 other musicians from around the world. Today, I want to return to the original Tea for the Tillerman album and this all time Cat Stevens favourite. I simply love it and I'm delighted. That Cat Stevens is my Artist of the Week this week on your Late Lunch. It's not time to make a change Just
3: relax, take it easy
1: You're still young, that's your fault There's so much you have to know
5: Find a girl, settle down If you want, you can marry. Look at me I am old But I'm happy All the times That I've cried Keeping all the things
0: I knew inside It's hard But it's harder to ignore it If they were
3: I know that I have to go away I know I have to go
1: uh, simply brilliant Cat Stevens bringing down the curtain of a week of his music here on Late Lunch with Father and Son Own, 1995 made number two in the UK charts number one in Ireland with a cover version of that brilliant song and I'll have a new artist or artist of the week for you next week on Late Lunch final break of the day in this week and afterwards it's David Sheehan with The Weekend in Sport Sports journalist and presenter of Sunday Sport on LMFM radio David Sheehan good afternoon again Good afternoon, Jerry. Let's begin with the League of Ireland this evening. Dundalk taking on Finn Harps. Uh, they've beaten them twice already this year, and I'm sure the neighbours, Drogheda, will be hoping that's three wins out of three.
9: Yeah, well, exactly. 13-point gap at the minute between Drogheda and Finn Harps. With, like, 13 games to go, it's getting increasingly more difficult to see Finn Harps digging their way out of this one, even though they've they've pulled off some miraculous recoveries in years gone by. Dundalk for their part of course third in the table at the moment a point behind Derry City so they'll be looking to close the gap uh, on Rovers at the top I think a title challenge is probably a little bit beyond them at this point but they really do need to get the win at home because you know it's obviously very tight there for the European places and they're unbeaten at home all season at Oriel Park Dundalk so uh, I think they've only dropped four points from looking at it earlier so yeah you'd have to fancy them to get the win there Finn Harps have shown no sign of a kick in fact it looks like UCD are actually going to pass them out at this, at this point of the season so yeah you'd have to say com- comfortable enough win for Dundalk there you would imagine hopefully anyway
1: Drohta's game, put back 24 hours with Shamrock Rovers in action in Europe. A sicker for them uh, earlier on in the week when they conceded a third goal in the very last minute in Bulgaria. Uh, Rovers, you know, on the uh, back of a, that journey and travel, they have a huge squad though. Like, they'll be able to field a, a very fine team against Drogheda tomorrow. But Drogheda themselves, David, they, uh, by all accounts, I wasn't there. They should have beaten Bohemians last week.
9: Yeah, well, I don't know if I'd say they should have beaten them. but It was a really close game. It was actually, for for a game that was nil-nil for such a long period of time, it was really, really entertaining. Myself and Paul Crowley were, were both saying that afterwards, what a really good game it was, decided by a screamer from from Liam Burt. But a very close game, and Joachim were, were well in, and could have nicked it themselves. But, you know, they beaten Rovers already earlier this season, of course, uh, at Head in the Game Park. Shamrock Rovers have only dropped two points at home all season Cherry so it's mm. not looking like it's going to be a, a, an easy one for Drogheda and as you said no matter what 11 Stephen Bradley puts out onto the field they're going to be strong but I was at the game there earlier this season it ended in a 3-1 win for Shamrock Rovers but Drogheda were 2-0 down pulled one back and then were really knocking on the door and then conceded one late on on the break so they're very solid defensively at the moment, Drogheda, so I think it's going to be a tight one. You would, of course, have to give a nod to Shamrock Rovers to maybe win it by the odd goal, but I think Drogheda will make it really difficult for them. As you mentioned... They've come off the back of that European game last week. They've got the second leg coming up on Tuesday, and they'll be looking to throw the kitchen sink at Ludo Goretz and hope to try and turn that one around. It'll take a lot, but uh, so they might just take their eye off the ball a little bit and maybe draw could take something. But I would, you know, you have to go for a Rovers win there given their home record.
1: Okay, let's leave soccer and uh, turn to GAA matters and ladies. Camogie, the Intermediate Championship, uh, All Ireland Intermediate Championship semi-final, Nolan Park on Sunday, two o'clock. Mead taking on Galway. What's going on here? Galway are in the senior men's final on Sunday
9: and the Camogie people fix this game. It doesn't make sense, does it, Dave? You, you took the words out of my mouth, Jerry. I was I, That was what I was going to start with. It's absolutely crazy. And there's another game on at four. The other semi-final is on at four between Cork and Derry. I mean, we all know the decks are cleared for for club action when the All Ireland finals are on because everybody wants to see them. So how you can have a Galway team at any in any code at any age level playing in a game an hour and a half before the senior men take to the field in an All Ireland final? It's absolutely beggars belief. Um, and I don't want to get into who's to blame or point fingers, but it just shouldn't happen. It's as simple as that. It really shouldn't be happening, and it's extraordinary to me that this is happening again every year. There seems to be something like this cropping up. Um, but look, we're not going to be able to change it here. The game itself, I suppose, like Mead, the, the Mead Ladies footballers are the ones that have been getting all of the attention, and rightly so, as we know. But the Camogie team, they lost their first three games in the group, a relegation battle on the cards. Then they then beat Wexford and Cork, and um, they or sorry, they beat Kilkenny and, and Kildare, I should say. They lost to Derry, Wexford, and Cork, and then a couple of other results went their way, and they found themselves in the quarter final where they beat Kerry and now they're into a semi-final. So it's been a remarkable turnaround and I saw the management and a few of the players talking about this and what changed and they just kept kept sticking to the process and kept working hard and they got the little bit of luck to get them out of the group and now they're in a semi-final. It's their third semi-final in the last 3 years at this grade. So they'll be really looking to 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 go on better. I was down there it was a year or two ago in Nolan Park until Kenny beat them but up against, uh, you know, a fairly fairly strong Galway side. Who, by coincidence, you look at the results from Galway's campaign so far, they also played Kerry in their last group game, and they scored two. They scored two seventeen against Kerry, which is exactly the same total that Meade got against Kerry in the quarterfinals. So,
3: mm-hmm. a little
9: bit of a quirk there in the stats. So, you know, it, it looks like it's going to be a closer on the basis of that, and it'll be fantastic for them to get through to the final because, as I said, the the Camogie has probably been in the shadows a little bit with the success yes. the ladies footballers have had. And it will be great if they got a, a big day out as well. So let's hope they can do it. I think it's going to be close, but let's really keep our fingers crossed and they get to the final as well.
1: Maybe there's a tactic here and that most of the Galway team will be in Croke Park and uh, <laughs> it'll be a second string Galway camogie outfit. No, I'm only gotten But I, I I, couldn't agree with you more. The, under the one umbrella of the GAA family and this happens, it's uh, the strangest thing well, ever. Well, you
9: see, that's... Well it's 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 that's the thing, but they're a separate association though, I you know, know the move association. I know, I and know. <laughs> and this is the this is the thing, but like I I, I can't understand how and, and these are the sort of headlines that and I actually I have I don't think I've seen a huge amount written or spoken about this. I was looking to see was there much made about it, but this is Galway's second team of course, because their first team of the course. seniors are playing in the semi final yeah. on Saturday. So maybe that's part of the reason why it hasn't really gotten a huge amount of attention. I just haven't seen, maybe there has been something said about it, but I haven't seen much. But these kind of headlines get made almost on a yearly basis it seems around this kind of stuff where fixtures are being are being put on at funny times when they're clashing with other games involving the same counties and it, it, look as I said Jerry I, I don't really care who's to blame here or what's going on in the background but this shouldn't be happening no it, it just shouldn't it's not it's not fair there's bound to be some sort of crossover between people who wanted to go to the two games um and it's ridiculous in this day and age they surely could have found another another day for the game but look we are where we are Me don't care about that. They'll be hoping to go down there and get the win and let's hope that they do.
1: Yes, let's hope that they do for sure. Just before we finish, we best have a word about the All-Ireland Football Final, Kerry against Galway. Kerry, red-hot favourites to lift the title. But uh, at their peril, underestimate this Galway team, David.
9: Well, uh, Jerry, I was making a few notes earlier on for all of these games, and I have Galway v Kerry and a big question mark written beside it because I just can't really think, I can't really figure out how this game is going to go. Me, people will remember the last time Galway got to an All Ireland final, it was also against the team, or won an All Ireland final, I should say, was also against the team in green and gold who went in as the hottest of hot favourites after dispatching Kerry in the semi final. That was in 2001. Nobody gave Galway hope that day. They went out and beat me, as we all remember, to, uh, much to my pain even still today because it's the last iron final me repeat, we're in. But I think Galway oh, have a really, really good chance in this. And I think most people give them a chance. A lot of people probably think Kerry will do it. And I think the potential is there for Kerry to win this one with a bit to spare. I don't think that will happen. I think Kerry looked ropey enough in the second half against Dublin at times. Uh, I thought Galway oh, looked really impressive against Derry the way they kind of dealt with that blanket defence and they broke them down eventually and won fairly handily in the end. So... I think this is going to be a really tight game and it'll be, if it's close going down the the stretch in the last 10 minutes, 5 minutes, it'll be a really interesting test of Terry's character. I know they came through against Dublin with that free right at the end, but they probably should have been a bit further ahead against Dublin. They missed a lot of opportunities and had to rely on that Sean O'Shea free at the death to save them. So I think this is going to be a cracking game. I think it's going to be tight. Right. I do think Kerry will just about sneak it but it's it's going to be a very close round. There I'm you go. What What
1: what's this space and David wouldn't be surprised if Galway did it in the end. Thank you so much uh, for joining us again on the show today David. Thanks, Jerry. Take Bye. care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's David Sheehan there, presenter of Sunday Sport on LMFM Radio. Big thank you to all our guests who joined us during the week, to you, our listeners, who are with us every day, and especially to Miss Louise Walsh. Couldn't do this without her. Thanks a million. And I want to let you know that Eddie Caffrey is coming next here with The Drive on LMFM Radio. Stay with us. Wonderful music and more besides. Have a lovely weekend. There's moisture on the way. It is a little cooler, but enjoy it. i not be lucky to be uh, living in such a temperate country we are indeed anyway all going well we'll be back here Monday 1.30 with a brand new week of late lunch on the run into the August bank holiday we'll see you then the late lunch with Blackstone Motors Opel draw to dock and cabin discover the all new Opel Astra
2: with its bold design stylish looks, low running costs and innovative technology get ready to go further with the new generation Astra visit blackstonemotors.ie